Welcome to the sixth episode of Rank Heresy. Today we will be talking about Harry Potter, and more specifically about the power of love. And we have a shocking amount to say about the power of love. The outline for this is hideously long, so I hope you all enjoy that. That or we might just have to split this episode in two, or just make a monster of an episode. And uh, we'll find out which. It'll be fun. It will be. In Harry Potter, we are first introduced to the power of love at the end of the first book, when Dumbledore explains to Harry how he was able to survive the killing curse when he was a child. And he explains that Harry's mother loved him so much that it left a trace. Uh, so someone who was that beloved was protected. And this was what made the curse rebound on Voldemort. Harry is 11 years old, so Dumbledore is just giving this very you know, romantic-sounding version. And it is perhaps worth noting that this falls back when it was just a children's book. And I don't think J.K.R. had any particular plans for sequels. Because the power of love becomes a very tangible thing. Dumbledore constantly comments Harry on how he has it and how it is what drives Voldemort away from him when he tries to possess Harry in Order of the Phoenix. It is what makes it painful for Voldemort to touch him up until he steals his blood. It is what Voldemort doesn't know and therefore, quite importantly, will make Harry able to defeat him. Because it's this great ineffable power that Harry has and Voldemort doesn't. And we also see Harry, Dumbledore and Voldemort discuss it briefly in a flashback to when Tom Riddle had a job interview in the 1950s to try and become a teacher at Hogwarts. And he says that he has searched for the power of love, you know, looked it up. Research didn't really give him much. I can't actually recall the exact phrasing, which is perhaps terrible when I'm doing a podcast on it. Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, Muffin, but I think he says that what he has found on the power of love is not aligned with what Dumbledore has said it is. It's not as powerful or as great as he, he basically said it told it was. It. Dumbledore uses this as evidence when showing Harry this memory of his that Tom is a scumbag. When really it's just the job interview from hell. Jesus Christ, do I hope I never have a job interview like Tom Riddle's 1950s interview with Albus Dumbledore, purposefully scheduled for when he knew Tom was busy, just designed to waste his time because Dumbledore will never give him that job. Yeah, well, Dumbledore is a man who will give you a job on the weirdest grounds, so just do not apply to Hogwarts. Not while <laughs> he is the one in charge of employing you. Oh, man. Not while he's working there at all, because even if he, he is not headmaster, he will still just ruin your chances of getting a job if he doesn't like you. Dumbledore yes. never engages in nepotism. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we are digressing. We are digressing. Enough about Dumbledore. Uh, yes. One thing I will mention is that uh, we're going to make a, poke a lot of fun at this theory, obviously, it's what you're, you guys are here for. But Dumbledore does have reasons to believe this. And I do think he does believe in the power of love. He has a very romantic notion of the world and how things work. And generally when he says stuff or when he has these theories or when he decides on something, he does seem to truly believe it. He doesn't really say things he doesn't believe for as manipulative as he ends up being. He does have this view every time he talks about Lily Evans Potter is 
she's a very Madonna-like figure who was the greatest mother possible, the greatest woman possible, sort of the ideal in every way. And she is someone he, who he would view would have such overpowering love for her son that it would conquer evil. So I do think he believes what he says. And that's sort of important to point out before people throw manipulative Dumbledore stones at us. Just to take what we know happened during all these cases when it's said to have been the power of love. We know that Voldemort came to Godric's Hollow on the 31st of October in 1981. He killed first James and then Lily. When Lily, of course, being given the option of leaving, she didn't have to die. She chose to refuse to let Voldemort kill her son. So he killed her and then he tried to kill Harry. The curse rebounded. He was vanquished. Harry survived with just a scar as well as a horcrux in him. Then later on, 10 years later, he meets Voldemort, who is now possessing another man. The man tries to touch Harry. He just burns. Well, the man dies. Voldemort has to flee. We then, in Goblet of Fire, see that Voldemort uses Harry's blood to circumvent this power that makes him unable to kill or touch Harry. Now he can't touch Harry, with the implication being that he can kill him as well. Order of the Phoenix, he tries to possess Harry, is unable to for very long. He has to live within like five seconds. Then finally, Deathly Hallows, he tries to kill Harry again. The curse rebounds and they both die. Well, it's a bit unclear. But Voldemort at least <laughs> falls unconscious. Harry certainly dies because the Horcrux in him is stuck now in limbo and Harry gets to go back. That's it for cameos. Of course, there is the blood ward around the Dursleys which protects uh, not just Harry, but also the rest of Lily's family. Basically what we're getting at is that we have a series of very strange events and none of them really point back to the power of love or even to this singular moment of Lily having saved her son or even Harry possessing such love for the world and such friendship that these events happened. There's nothing in these scenes to dictate that. Harry has left his friends behind in Philosopher's Stone Gambit and is alone with Quirrell in that moment. In the graveyard, Cedric has been murdered. He is, again, not with his friends and not really thinking about them at the time. And more to that, Harry's Harry's a pretty average guy. I would not say he's filled with the power of love. And he's specifically a very angry young man. And he has some very disturbing moments, such as his obsession with and culminating in the assault of uh, Draco Malfoy in Half-Blood Prince, where afterwards he panics and he does regret his actions, but it seems to be more the regret that he could be in very big trouble over this. The assault in question being when Harry walks in on Draco crying in the bathroom, and they start throwing spells at each other. Draco calls a Cruciatus curse, and Harry re responds with a curse he just read in the book. A book that he has reason to believe. Well, Hermione has implied that this, uh, the person who wrote it might be a Death Eater. Harry uses a curse he doesn't know what is, and it turns out that it's a stabbing curse. Harry's response to this is to be more concerned that he might be in trouble, rather than horrified that he might have killed someone. There is no regret, no sense of... I would never have used this curse if I knew what it did. Instead, he is joking about how he gave a fake name for who actually owned the book he read this in. And it just sort of blows over. In terms of Harry being so full of love, it's not just that he doesn't show empathy for his enemies, but also that he treats his friends 
rather much like you would expect a teen douche to do. Hermione is one of his closest friends, but he she's very often on parole or whatever the English term is. Whenever she does something like, for instance, the broomstick, the firebolt debacle in Prisoner of Azkaban, she tells the teacher that Harry got a mysterious broom and she is worried who might have sent it. And Harry is mad at her for months about this. It's not just, just mad at her. He and Ron refuse to speak to her. They ice her out of the friendship for months. Hagrid has to hold an intervention and tell them, guys, you should really talk to Hermione. This is kind of mean. And then they finally relent, sort of. And the thing is that it's totally normal for teen boys to be assholes. It's just that we are told that this kid basically invented love. He and his mother are the most amazing persons ever to be amazing. And they love the world around them so much. And it's just not congruent with the person Harry is on a day-to-day basis. I never see Harry be particularly selfless or loving towards his next, the way Dumbledore says that he should be. And that brings into question, what proof does Dumbledore actually have of this power of love? Because when he tells Harry that his mother loved him so much that it created a special protection, he is saying something he has no way of knowing. Yes, we find out that she refused to move out of the way, but Dumbledore wasn't there. We got a very detailed flashback of how Voldemort experienced that night. And it is pretty much as Dumbledore described. But the thing is that Dumbledore had absolutely no way of knowing it went down like that. Unless, of course, he was spying on them somehow. But I, I mean, oh we, don't see, we don't see that kind of you know technology, I suppose. He could have it somehow. But now we're just getting way off course. Yeah, now we're getting way off. And we're making Dumbledore worse. I actually try not to make Dumbledore Dumbledore worse than he is because he's a pretty nasty dude and we have enough of a fight on our hands insisting on that yeah and then he, just then stuff like this comes up and he just gets even worse oh, yeah I'll Lord. just cut through and say that we have Dumbledore drawing this conclusion about why Harry survived the curse and he has very flimsy evidence of it and more the blood word is one I find very interesting because I'll just go right out and say that Muffin and I we think that it was Lily Evans who did something specific some kind of protection that wasn't just a power of love, but a conscious choice that she made something she figured out because it's not just Harry who's protected It is a solution where her sister and her nephew are protected as well. And I don't see how the love for Harry would have to be contingent on him staying with his aunt. It's a slightly too big a coincidence that the solution she came up with protects her her entire surviving family. If it was just the power of love protecting just Harry, then it should follow him. That seems to me far more logical. This is it with things like, you know, Dumbledore says, oh, it's because he considers the Dursleys to be home. So it's his home that's protected. But he really doesn't. And it doesn't follow him to places like the Weasleys when he lives there over the summer and considers them to be his found family. Or even to Grimwald Place when he goes there and Sirius is there, who is his godfather and he considers him to be his godfather. It only stays with the Dursleys. Which the only person in the world who would have an interest in protecting the Dursleys would be Petunia's sister. (laughs) That's true, though. No, but it is. But it is. It's true. 
wrapping all that up, Dumbledore has very little evidence to make this. And what we see doesn't really point to a power of love. Yeah, you can't really hack the power of love with blood. We are just told that you can, but, uh, you know, it seems to me that it was just Voldemort getting under the skin of whatever charm Lily put up. That Voldemort left Harry in Order of the Phoenix uh, after possessing him. He had to get out of the ministry because there were orders and the minister himself arriving. He had to get Bellatrix and get the hell out of there. There was very strong incentive for him to leave, regardless of what Harry might have been doing. And then we have in Deathly Hallows when Harry claims that by dying to save everyone, he has put the power of love as protection over all the denizens of Hogwarts. Except we never see a single curse rebounding off of anybody. That's just something he says. And more to the point, he didn't do it so much out of love for everyone. What he did was to, he nobly sacrificed himself to destroy the Horcrux. And yes, there's the caveat of that this will save the country, this will destroy Voldemort or put them on the strong path to destroying him and it must be done. But there's a difference between that. That's like step one and then there's step five in that process. It's not the same thing. Then there's the final argument that the power of love hinges on either Harry and Lily being special people in some way, that Harry Potter is Calvinist and they are holy in a way others aren't. So that is, <laughs> we are constantly seeing other people sacrifice themselves. And Harry and... is the only one to survive this curse, despite many probably having been in very similar situations. Or, you know, we even have Neville in a very similar situation. His parents don't die, but they are tortured. Yes, and we just, we have people dying all the time to save Harry. And if Harry's, you know, five-step scheme to save everyone else by uh, sacrificing himself in the um, woods, if that worked, then I don't see how, you know, the order, whenever someone of their numbers are killed, I don't see how they're not creating a love protection each time. Or the Death Eaters, how come if someone believes in Voldemort so much that they are willing to die for him, shouldn't he then be protected by some remnant of that faith? It's this very strange power that only counts when applied to uh, Lily and Harry's actions. So it is either they are just superior to other human beings or there is something else afoot. All right, so that brings us back to, well, if that didn't happen on October 31st, 1981, what the hell did happen? The answer is, we don't know, shruggy face. You know, again, very few witnesses and Dumbledore is certainly not one of them. But uh, we do have a few ideas of what might have happened. So the first theory is one Vanilla already brought up, is that Lily Evans did something very scary, very non-repeatable, but she did do something, and we don't know what that something is. It is perhaps worth mentioning that, well, most wizards in Harry Potter are kind of incompetent. You take their wand away from them and they don't know what to do. It seems to be that magic is mastered not through being in touch with the force, but by memorizing a lot of spells. This is probably for another podcast, but basically Muffin and I find most wizards to be unknowledgeable about magic. So the people we have whose opinions I would be interested in are in Dumbledore, Voldemort, maybe like Grindelwald if he was accessible as a source, but you know, it's not his business at all. We don't have a lot of authorities on this. And Dumbledore has given his take, we disagree with it. Then there is Voldemort who, by using that whole blood word, it's clear that he's got some kind of theory working, but he never actually discloses it. He just talks about power of love. I just do not trust that we have even remotely the intel that we could be having. So we're just left here scrambling with no real basis for forming a theory here. 
<laughs> we tried, man. We tried. Um, the other theory is that there is a power that Voldemort knows not. There is this prophecy we have with this very ominous line that there is some power that Voldemort cannot know and it will defeat him. Dumbledore assumes it's the power of love as Voldemort is a man incapable of love, though we don't really have any indications that that's the case either. That's more a Dumbledore says so and Voldemort was very dismissive of Snape's crush on Lily. And then there's the whole love potion theory that I don't know if we're going to get into this episode. It is said that because Voldemort was conceived through the love potion, he can't feel love. He was conceived through fake love. And that's such a horrible thing to say about children born of rape. So I'm just... <laughs> yeah, we're just we going to stop that entirely. <laughs> JKR, you made some choices as you do. And you wrote them in a book as one does. But as point being, does. Dumbledore assumes that he knows what the power is. And it's something that Voldemort will, of course, never understand. And he overlooks that Dumbledore may not understand what the power is either. There's no line in the prophecy that he has to get it or that even Harry has to understand it. It could be something that none of us understand. And it's just one big old mystery of doom. It is perhaps worth mentioning, with, because I am sure that a lot of people are, you know, Christian marks at the notion that Walmart might be capable of love. It's just that I mean, this is worthy of an episode of its own. So I will just say Dumbledore is always talking to a boy that he is trying to brainwash into being willing to be a kamikaze soldier. He can't humanize Voldemort at all. And as it is, you know, Dumbledore, as, Ma as Muffin explained, believes it himself. He has completely dehumanized Tom Riddle into someone who was born evil and always will be and must be put down like an animal. But we as humans have always been doing that about our enemies. Just because the person who is a well, figure of authority in a book series we all love is saying it and the author agrees doesn't mean we can't question it. And I frankly do not see in-universe compelling arguments in favor of this. We barely see Tom Riddle as it is. We only really see him during confrontations or else in memories cherry-picked by Dumbledore. We don't get to see who he was privately or not around enemies. And frankly, I this is also worthy of another episode, but those memories are a delight because they are cherry-picked to be the worst, most compelling moments of Tom Riddle. This will tell you everything you need to know about why this man must die. And they are bizarrely innocuous. It's things like... He brought flowers for an old lady, the manipulative bastard. How dare he? Or he failed he committed murder shortly after this. Or he was and an 11-year-old is... poor orphan and Dumbledore lit his wardrobe on fire. And he what was an... upset about that. Well, Dumbledore sure taught him a lesson about bullying. Yeah, the, <laughs> the adult who walks in and starts her, you know, using his power to intimidate an 11-year-old is going to talk about bullying. Okay, I see, how, I see what we're doing here. Not even intimidate, you know, just traumatize him. Just pretend <laughs> to light all his worldly possessions on fire. Well, he deserved it because he's a shitty kid and we he don't was. like him. We don't and like of course, him. he is not even born in one of, one of these clips. One of these clips is just, you know, look how trashy his family was. <laughs> Isn't being, he the worst? If I was to make a clip show of Tom Riddle is evil and must die or or even if it was what Dumbledore was pretending it was, which is, let's understand how Tom Riddle works. These are not the memories I would have chosen. Oh, man. 
<laughs> but yeah, you know, the other thing is, I don't even understand what it means to be incapable of love. Like, well, it means that he's that not capable of love. Like? It's like a computer. They didn't upload the, you know, love.exe file when he was being created. God forgot about that that one. He's a human <laughs> being in every other regard. It's just that uh, we don't have that one. Yeah, don't have that yeah. one. Doesn't run. Sorry. Corrupted file. Voldemort, if he is not capable of something so fundamental to humans, then how is he human? Like, I mean, if I you're guess going... the question is that he's not. He's a snaky snake man of evil. But he acts very human. And frankly, this yeah. is also for and another he's episode. Treated very, very much. He's treated very much like a human, you know, throughout. And there's never the... Well, if you have some... Frankly, now we're getting into, you know, sci-fi, frankly. Because if you have an android or a being who's created just to destroy, then you're looking at a very different kind of messaging than the kind you do in Harry Potter. Harry Potter is very much a choice to be about choice. Except when it's not. <laughs> it's never a choice, ever. It's, it's never a choice. We're just told the choices make your actions. And then, but don't worry, Tom Riddle never had a choice to be evil. He was evil from the start. But you, Harry, have a choice to be not evil. And that is what makes you better. The point still stands that uh, this entire argument also hinges on people being fundamentally bad and less worthy than others who are good. It does. And, you know, it relies on a understanding of what even love is. And as the song goes, what is love? Lady, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. <laughs> you know, it's a question that has puzzled philosophers for a long time. And I highly doubt Albus Dumbledore holds all the answers to all of our questions. Well, according to them, much to JKR, he does. So Ugh. take that, Muffin. Yeah, clearly I should take that. Ugh, what mm -hmm. a character. All mm -hmm. right. I actually do like Dumbledore, by the way. I think he's a fascinating character and is just a glorious bastard. But I don't think he's a good man. I think I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say about this. Just yes, this was stunning. I thought for sure we would just be talking, you know, for over an hour. Well, I mean, to... I guess our thesis was, what is the power of love? Don't know, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's the power of love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps the finishing statement, I'll just say that. Sit, well, back slightly to uh, Dumbledore uh, making Harry into a soldier. Just saying that there exists a power of love is a very easy way of saying we are the good guys. You know, Harry won't ever, of course, Harry isn't bright enough to do it, but Harry won't ever <laughs> have to worry Am I on the right side? You know, am I doing the right thing? Because if he has the power of love and is fighting for it against a man who is incapable of it, obviously he's in the right. And it can't ever be wrong to fight the dark side. And obviously we're skipping over a bunch of stuff of that Voldemort's camp is heinous. They are awful, awful people who want awful things. And we're not saying the dark side is secretly good the whole time. No, 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 no. <laughs> we are Just not that crowd. That. We are that not crowd that crowd. That exists in the fandom, and we are not it. They are interesting people who write interesting things. But yeah, the point is that the interesting thing about good versus evil is that it assumes that if there is an evil camp, the other camp must be good, which isn't always the case. But in this case, you know, with the power of love, Harry will never have cause to question if his own camp is actually all that good. Not that mm -hmm. he ever would, because Harry's not that type of person. Nah, that's not for this type of book either. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a, little, that's a little too complicated for Harry Potter. 
this is a book about Hogwarts or a book series about Hogwarts. And we oh, just God, have Voldemort in there to sprinkle him sometimes so that we think there's a plot. But really, it's about what classes Harry is taking. But I think maybe the episode is nearing its end. At least it, it should is. before I we start talking about otherwise, Hogwarts. Yeah, otherwise we're just going to rant about Hogwarts and how mm-hmm. it was like reading yep. high school for another mm-hmm. person after mm-hmm. we you know, went through high school ourselves. With that, I think I am going to murder a patron by pulling yes, out a program. Yes. Uh, for those who don't know, um, our Patreons sign up to get blown up by Python's random number generator. Generator. So we'll see who is the lucky guy this time. It's Francia. Oh, what is this like? The second time? Third time? Well, once was it? There was no one else. Well, well done. You've exploded, Franza. Yeah. Oh, so sorry. Yeah. Well. They deserve uh... it for making you watch Naruto. Exactly. Uh, French has been forcing me to watch Naruto on the Rancarisi Discord server, which is now open to not just patrons, but uh, it's it's been hell. It's been really, really hell. I just genuinely <laughs> do not like Naruto at all. It's awful. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, uh, we have a Tumblr. We have a Patreon. Feel free to uh, join up and help support the podcast. Uh, we have a Discord server that now you can actually join without having to give us money. Oh my God. Isn't that cool? And with that, in case we don't see you, uh, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>